So, episode two of the Echo Chamber begins with a bit of Eric Prids was uh, discussed at length in the uh, at the end of the last set by David. So this is my set. Uh, this is very early on in my DJing career uh, as a hobbyist DJ, playing a place called Moon Beach in in Egypt, which is uh, in a place called Ras Sido on the Sinai coast. Uh, beautiful, beautiful place. And every year we run a, an annual trip with our staff uh, and uh, go up on the, the Thursday because weekend is Friday and Saturday in Egypt. So we go up on the Thursday night, have a few drinks Thursday night, but then Fridays, that's the day when everyone goes uh, on the beach, has uh, a few drinks during the day and stuff. And then there's a barbecue in the evening. And then after the barbecue, the music starts and we, you know, we take all the... Uh, Take a, a fair bit of equipment, big speakers, and turn the uh, the, the windsurfing centre owned by uh, owned by Ahmed uh, into basically a, a nightclub stroke dance floor for the night. And uh, this was David's brainchild when we first started, and he was the one who really sort of got me into DJing. And uh, this was one of the first sets I ever played. It's very very simple, very straightforward, um, but it's got lots of nostalgic classics in there. So to put this uh, into context, you're about to hear an announcement because I used to get bothered lows during my sets. And uh, I basically made a, an announcement that tried to make it not sound too much like my voice so that people wouldn't bother me during the actual bit that I you know, genuinely put a set together for. For the next 45 minutes, there will be no requests. The DJ is playing his set. What a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> it worked though, so didn't it? Uh, it did, it did. Everyone's like, oh, oh, hello. Getting serious. You've made some great announcements. The ones we did for John Vegas' birthday party were phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, welcome to Vegas birthday party. <laughs> Fantastic. Moon Beach is my kids' favourite memory of Egypt. It tends to be most people's. Like whenever you post a picture, each, <laughs> each time you go back each year, you get X members of staff will see it on Instagram or Facebook or something like that, and they'll they'll straight away comment, "Oh, I missed that place." Even Mark Newton, one of the most like miserable Yorkshiremen, <laughs> after he left to go to China, after he left to go to China commented on, on this year's Moonbeach photo with, I've got to admit, I do miss the place. And he's not like the, the he's not like a, a nostalgic sort of, um, you know. He's more at home in a server room than he is yeah, in the beach. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Love you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Mark. <laughs> Snuck something in there. 
Pretty sure it's Fatboy Slim actually. Then layered a bit of uh, thick base over this next bit. This was the first drop of Moon Beach that we both did really, really well this year. And this is where people started to dance at this drop. If only I was recording our Skype call right now, we both just started like dancing at exactly the same point there. <laughs> <laughs> This song, like, I didn't hear it once at Tomorrowland, but it has such strong recollections of Tomorrowland for me because I remember listening to it on the way there and it just, like, framing my experience of the weekend, which was just this, just this feeling of absolute, like, sort of everyone just being there for the same reason, the same love and passion of the same sort of music, and it was, like, profoundly uh, powerful piece. Oh, Tomorrowland, yeah, Tomorrowland last year was... Unbelievable, because you know I've been there the year before, and it was a bigger group we went with this year, so it was you know, a lot more diversity in, in what you were able to do and what you were able to experience. Tune. It's a great remix, though. I think it was a. Uh, I think it was Camelfat who did this remix. Oh, Fat Boy Slim, which is just like a powerhouse, that isn't it? <laughs> Getting the two of them together. I'd love to see the two of them together. Yeah. Ideas for next year, Tomorrowland, Camelfat and Fatboy Slim. <laughs> Duet. Back to back. They can call themselves Camel Slim. <laughs> Slim Camels? They wouldn't believe it. Slim Camels. <laughs> oh, I love this remix. I might be wrong on that though, it might not be Camelfire. <laughs> we, can, we can fact check it and if it's not, we'll cut all this bit out. <laughs> Fatboy Slim has been doing some awesome uh, weekly lockdown sets. Yeah, podcast oh, sets. Every week yeah. they come out, I'm like, nope, straight on there, listening to them, the notification comes through. Oh, he is so good. You talked in the last episode about the kind of theatre and drama that I put into my sets. He is inspirational. He likes getting his audience to do things, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this drop now. There's three things in there, and that's the next one slipped in. So it started with just one song, and then we go to two, and then we go to three, and then we go to four, and the next one as well. It's like, uh, I like that that slow build. So this is why this is why I love playing with Dave. Just for anyone who's listening, is that uh, as you want to guess, if you didn't listen to episode one, like Dave's style is like energetic, it's frenetic, it's, it like bumps up and down all over the place, this that, and it and just takes you places. Whereas I I I'm much more like 
I've got the obsessive compulsive in me, so I have to do like kind of very long, gratifying <laughs> mixes where I'm slowly sort of tuning one song into the next and like using all those, or using all the gains on the treble and the bass just to make those uh, transitions smoother. So when we DJ together and we, I'll do 10 minutes, he'll do 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 20 minutes or even a couple, even just one song each. We did actually, we've done a few competitions, haven't we? Like play, yeah, we playing have. a song where I, I've tried to screw you over like, yeah, mix out of that. <laughs> and you're like, oh no. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think, I think our best was at a house party where we did 12 hours. Yeah, 12 hour set. Then the, then the neighbours and the police turn up. Yeah. Well, they, they turned off the mains to the house just to cut the uh, cut the power. <laughs> it's the MK remix of Elderbrook. This it's, uh, it's the first one that was brought out that had a bit more pace to it. It's got that guiding snare. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day, I, I I think I was quite cautious because this was one of the probably the first like proper live gigs that we played together. I mean, there was maybe each one, but we were we were both very new to it there. But this oh, was the sense that like the yeah, all we the were rough around the edges, very rough around the edges. But this this was this was in the fact, second year that first maybe each one was the first time we played with our decks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the first yeah first proper playing with their own equipment just uh, seeing everyone's reaction is uh, fantastic here comes number three I uh, I have a love of Elderbrook's voice I think it's that again it's that distorted slightly higher than mid uh, male uh, thing that I was talking about with Jan Blancfish and, and, and uh, Monkey Safari as well. Ben Bomer uses it a lot as well. I like your mixes uh, in this sort of thing because you don't follow the rules of key. Uh, you know, you, I'm quite, quite anal about going from key progressions. A bit more anal about the key progressions. So there might have been one, three, or six. You know, like to make it to keep within the structure. But this was like before I really knew very much about it, and uh, it was basically just a, a kind of like does that voice work with the instrument of the previous song, or, or does that what's coming in mixed with that bit and it in some cases you just get lucky you know they could be like four or five apart and and still work together sometimes you get lucky there's a couple of songs in this set where i think they, they don't work but you know looking back but it's nice when you do get ones that do work like that yeah other times you get uh, two that you, you know the sounds they're in the same key but you put them together you're like no mistake yeah <laughs> And that's the, that's the sort of importance of knowing the, the set beforehand, isn't it? Oh yeah.
That said, we have done a lot of improvisation in our time. <laughs> 12 hours worth. Very slightly missed the key point there, but like, still sounds great together. I mean, now, the skills that I've developed which would allow me never to make that mistake again, I didn't have them. And it's, it's interesting that, like, <laughs> listening back to something you played like a few years ago, and just thinking, yeah. wow, actually, I, I, I know an easy way around that now. That's what we should do for a future episode at some point. It, I would love to take your um, quarantine session set and I would love you to try and take my um, Club Tropicana set. Alright. We should start off with peanut butter <laughs> jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I love her voice. Alright, isn't it? Oh, me too. She this just uh, recently brought a, very, uh, brought a very good new song. I've got a name of it to hand, but it is a lover, lover voice. Okay, I think I was going through a bit of a camel fat phase at the time. <laughs> or Christoph, or one of them. <laughs> or whichever label owns them. I think it's Eric Prince's label, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, definitely going through uh, that sort of video game phase. Still am. <laughs> like we were talking about in the, the last episode where you know you just find a song that you you have to try and really think about the lyrics this is the one for me that's a bit kind of... I don't know whether it's sinister or whether she's actually talking about something that's like a real sort of anticipation, an exciting anticipation, or whether it's something that's an anxiety-ridden... I know she talks about the panic room, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, like... No, not at all. I think... Um... It reminds me of the cave in, in Tomorrowland. <laughs> like, that's the panic room, like. got your set all over it you I know you've used this so many times in your house like your house party and stuff and the place goes bananas yeah, normally because I'm getting harassed to play it by Stacey but um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry Stacey uh, but it's true though like, it's a, Christina and the Queens for me like if there was a if there was a, a pop artist that, I, that you could genuinely say is respectable as a musician as, a, as an artist Christina and the Queens is, is, are definitely up there, you know, along with that JT. 
It's true. I love him. GT. Justin Timberlake. So wait, anyway, Christina the Queen. Love her. Anyway, so this is the defunct remix. So good. The lyrics are astonishing. See, that bass wasn't in the original, and it's also you've got the end of Fatboy Slim still on loop here. And I've just, I've literally taken everything else right the way down and just kept the bass. It's just got that boom, boom, boom behind it. So it's still technically three songs playing here. bitterness to the song but then there's a funkiness to the rhythm and you're like I yeah. don't know should I be feeling positive about this or <laughs> she really spits her lyrics out yeah 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 she's got a real edge I put her on a, a similar sort of level to Robin. I love using uh, or making my own remixes of like Robin tracks as well because it's that there's a sort of sense of either bitterness or melancholy to the song, but then it's got like a a, a, a bassy sort of rhythm where you, you can't help but sort of dance along to it. So you're sort of complicit in the song. Uh, that's what I really love about this. Is it's, it's a it's a mix like that, isn't it? And I think in any set, you can, there's only so many female vocal songs you can use. Mm. I think after a while they start to get, like, they just get in your ears and you're like, stop singing, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but these ones are really good. And it's all fun as well because uh, one female into the next sort of thing. Um, I can't remember where it goes next, so that's the thing. <laughs> I've not listened to this, uh, to this set in so long. I've not even used songs from it because I think I had a new laptop since I've, I created this set, so I lost my uh, I lost my crate on uh, Serato. Yeah, I could probably piece this back together. Same. Oh, I remember. Yeah, no, I know. I get another female vocal <laughs> just in case. This get... song, this song. But this is uh, you know, early days, this wasn't it? Re- it did actually kind of that rolling bass there. It's really nice. Yeah. This is Jim Cook. This is Jim Cook, right. And the last one I was all right.
This song gives me flashbacks to you going to the airport. You can cut this out, by the way. I remember. Yeah, I I was like, was it a live call or was I just sending you like video clips of me with my earphones on? I was like, just like bobbing my head listening to this this song. But like the audio recording wasn't of what I was listening to. It was just a a recording of the the silence of an airport and me like going mental like to this song. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Oh, God, this song had so many connotations. It was at a time when... Oh, God, yeah, I remember. Just, yeah, wanted to... Sort of go, go with the vibe and go with everything, yeah. Sometimes you get those songs that have the, a kind of a poignancy to the lyrics that kind of tie with what's happening in your life at the time. I think that's one of the main reasons I used this use the song but um, but listening back now like I've used it so many times since that it has a different meaning now you know I love this bit now I always had to throw in a bit of Fisher I love that one of my uh, one of my best experiences or worst technically experiences that I had was with David listening to this song uh, at a private party function in downtown Cairo and just yeah I, I'd been out on the on the Christina boat during the day like far like overindulged on that Christina boat and then we went to a party that <laughs> evening and then oh I was just in a, yeah. in a bit of a sorry state trying to but then this song really <laughs> hurt me up, so sort of stuck in my mind for the night, and it was the first time I'd heard it, and I remember thinking, oh, who is that, like, cacophony of, like, bass, where it goes, boom, like, lose it, boom, I remember thinking, wow, that horn, that, yeah. yeah, that horn, it's like, I remember loving it, and just thinking, oh, I've got to go, I remember it, like, in my drunken state, like, sound hounding it, and then just <laughs> rediscovering it the next morning, thinking, yeah, I remember that, I remember that. <laughs> Had to use it. So funky. Definitely. And I like that, this bit here, where it's not got the horn. You know, when he first comes in with with this uh, drum and bass combination, he's got the air horn in the background. Here, he doesn't. And now he's got that... Now he brings it, yeah. That kind of siren in the background. Yeah. He sort of always uh, oh, just 32 bars, and that adds something, or strips or it back, away. yeah, or takes something <laughs> away. Yeah, <laughs> great mind. I'm bringing up uh, something else in the background here. Yeah, there's that extra snare there. What is it? I can't remember now. <laughs> so weird listening, listening to something you've not... There is, isn't it? Yeah. I literally just taking me right back to Moon Beach there. So Kev and I would plan like a, a Moon Beach set each of like 45 minutes. And 
That was the uh, uninterrupted you know, have, time. People like, yeah. We'd have like the staff band on first, and we'd say, oh, we'll do the barbecue at like, five o'clock, staff band will come on at eight, play for an hour, and then we'll come on at nine, nine thirty. We'd get to two in the afternoon and be like, I'm really excited, can we just start playing? <laughs> <laughs> so you play like six <laughs> hours of improvised stuff in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> Then it, by the time we got to the the barbecue itself, we were like kind of like <laughs> already six hours deep. <laughs> so by the time we got to our actual set, it was like that was a real, you know, escalating to the next level. Yeah, that's when we turned the volume over half. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one year we played uh, with each other. There's a boat that pulled in, and the guys jumped off their boat like. Yeah swam to the shore and like joined the party and they were like can we join in and we were like yeah of course you can probably around about this point <laughs> yep <laughs> and the the houses at Moonbeach he's such a mentalist I follow him on Instagram he's just, he's just such a nutter Oh my god. Yeah, he's like sleeping. This was classic. Um, this was this was Moon Beach One. And it had to make a reappearance in Moon Beach Two, but in a in a different machination. Because uh, everyone everyone loved Cola the first time round. So the uh, the accommodation at Moon Beach is like the Flintstone huts. And they're single glazed. But they got comfy beds and good air conditioning man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we took the enormous speakers with us and had them pretty loud by three in the morning. And people were complaining that the glass was rattling in the frames. <laughs> <laughs> I'm concerned my window might break. <laughs> I like that you kind of got something coming in and out there. Yeah. It's the first time I was really sort of experimenting with taking the. Uh, you know, the levels of uh, each channel up and down, like during the song. Just to, you know, highlight those peaks and troughs a little bit more. Hel- Heldins is great for doing that. Yeah. He always puts like a one beat sort of gap right before, uh, and you just like, love, love really accentuating that if you've got like two or three things playing at once. Anyway, so go. Well, there's a DJ at the Christmas party. When we said we would DJ, and they're like, "No, you don't have a DJ license." So the guy had played like one song. We told him to sit down. He was the one who showed me about mixing with the the balance knobs. And I thought this is a really clever way of, of making room in your in your mix for the next bit of the track to come in. I'm glad we kicked him off his decks. <laughs> if only for a short while. Yeah, it's just like it's got that much more quicker, bassier sound to it than the original, doesn't it? And it's uh, it gives it a different feel. Because I remember listening to the original um, uh, big, massive Firefest pool party. Remember, and whilst we we're in in a pool, at a huge like million-pound villa, uh, Egyptian pound that is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just sitting in this pool, like drinking cocktails and like listening to fantastic DJs play, dancing around. 
Never really figured out whether this song actually has a really dark connotation to it or not. I think I was. And I remember this being played and the whole deck of the moon beat of the windsurfing hat just going bananas. Yeah. Like the power behind that drop, and the video as well. Did you ever see it? the one with a, just these sort of pair of hands on a on the kit at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. And then it, by the end of the video, it just ends up with people like almost like dead bodies hanging over the DJ deck. <laughs> I think this is a bit of a random choice here. Someone had, someone had requested Ed Sheeran to be played at me Beach and I, I think I'd, when I was putting the set together, I, I seem to remember thinking to myself, I'm going to accept that challenge and try and find a way of piecing him in. I don't think it necessarily works that well, but there's a nice, there's a nice build at this point. 
I think it's good to have a challenge in every set that you're like an odd song in every set you try and play. Don't win. You're trying to find a remix of a, of a song that's very poppy or, or you know, not particularly dancey. Yeah, I mean, this one is like, it's really not my not my sort of style, but like it was the only remix I could find that was like worked to the. Because well, certainly the original wouldn't work, but it, go, it almost goes a bit sort of dub steppy at points, yeah. I think it's good to have the challenge of a song that you don't normally play to keep you thinking about how to mix it. Um, but also, you know, if people are asking for songs and you play them, they get a real buzz out of hearing it. And like, yeah, I wanted that song, and then they get to dance it. I wonder if the, by this point the barbecue would be pretty much out and the potatoes would be half cooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you do a group of barbecue and everybody brings something. Someone's got salad, someone's got burgers, something. Someone always brings 50 potatoes, not pre-cooked, wrapped in tinfoil, takes up that whole barbecue. And I expect to cook that. Well, the thing is, now I've discovered uh, since then that you can cook a potato in the coals of a barbecue with a bit of oil and salt on it, wrapped in a thick layer of foil. Rinka got me onto that, and it's especially with Egyptian potatoes, which are absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I've done that quite a few barbecues recently. Now remember we have to the year? this podcast as cooking and music. <laughs> <laughs> remember the year of the corn of the cob? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Nobody wants the corn! Take it away! <laughs> awful. Yeah, I like this song that's coming into now. Obviously, I wouldn't use it otherwise, but... So, to put this into context, I fell in love with London Grammar at Glastonbury uh, the year before I came to Egypt, I think it was, so it would have been... 2016, so maybe 2015, Glastonbury, um, and uh, they they were the closing band playing in Glastonbury, like they were the last band to play, so like everyone swamped towards that stage, and she sings as well live as she does in the studio, and it's just like, she's got this most hauntingly beautiful voice, I, I love it a bit, and I really wanted to use her in a set, and then I found this selection of uh, remixes. Oh, I remember when you played them to me, I think, and this is just brilliant. It's just got so much emotion and uh, it doesn't, you don't lose um, the audience with this song. You, they're in it and, and still dancing and it's still got the, the power of the original. Well, this is it. Like, if you if you took that beat away, the, the song takes on a, it's almost like an aria, but like with that beat, it's like you can sort of enjoy it as part of a party. And again, it's that, juxtaposition between like the lyrics being a bit a bit sad and melancholy but like you, again you're forced to dance along to it like you use that a couple of times in your 
last set in, in episode one and I, I like that. Pink Panther moment. This, yeah, right give everyone the break. Step over to a bit of a moment. This is a lighters in the air moment, though. Isn't it? I really accentuate accentuate the echo here. It's that FX. something that I am very guilty of in, in, in a lot of my sets which I, I really in, indulge myself with the song like if I like a song now I'll just let it play uh, you know like sort of a lot of DJs will switch it up every couple of minutes but if I really like something I'll just let the whole thing play because I, I think people should enjoy what what I enjoy you know? <laughs> Yeah, when we first started DJing together, you. <laughs> when we first started DJing, you would um, play long, play, play the song out long, and I would mix every thirty seconds. You know, you would get the the, the chorus of both, a song to be in the next more one. towards the middle. Like we both sort of met each other more towards the middle, but still on either side. This is a very nostalgic, nostalgic piece of music. And it was a it was a wind down at the end of the set because you know by this point we've been playing six hours in the afternoon everyone's we had a few drinks and stuff but it was important to have a wind down moment before I think you then went on after this and it was like they had this real sort of calmness and then you jump in like I think there may be another song after this where there's a build at the end here but you you took it right way back up again in your next set but this for me is a very nostalgic song. Not just Tomorrowland and seeing the symphony orchestra perform it, that which is like awe-inspiring. But like even before that, just uh, I think it was Ada actually introduced me to the song. Um, so I played it. I sent it out um, when, when I was in Cairo. I did a morning song every school day and would send it out at like five o'clock, five thirty. So, so people would listen to it and wake up and, you know, hopefully be at school on time. Yeah, and this was one of them ones. I remember sending out around January time and getting to school and Ada and Luke both going, 
We love that song, it's so amazing. <laughs> but this is not the original mix. I'm pretty sure that this the next song is Lane 8 and it goes into that Margaret remix. Uh, I seem to remember. Was that this set? Because I think it was Lane who was supposed to play after me. And then you uh, you finished it. Yes, that's right. I'm pretty sure pretty sure I finished on Lane 8. Which is funny because Lane was taking over. There it is. It is, it is what I thought it was. Yeah, this is a great song. Really, really chilled. So this is the chill before Lane set, which is then fed into your, like you. Oh, did you play first? I think it started with Vinnie Vici or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't start it's easy. That, it's a real sort of um, mixture of different styles. Cause three different DJs, three different styles and they're kind of going up and down over the course of the evening. It's great. Yeah, I think I had exhausted all my quiet songs in the afternoon. <laughs> I love the, the way it sort of picks up the violin here, or whether it's the violin. To like a plucking of the strings. You just hear it in the background there. You got that bass just constantly, the same note grinding in the background. Yeah, in the background, yeah. There it is, just for that final transition, I remember because obviously this is very early on in our playing together, I remember like signalling, sort of gesturing to you, you were on the other side, you were on the dance floor at that point, gesturing to you like that was the final mix into the last song of the set and you were like yay, you know, like we sort of like made it through seamless without any mistakes. Uh, and then we had to work out how to get cables out of the back of your mixer into Lane's mixer so she could play next. 
<laughs> I just remember like being really like loving this moment. It's such a buzz when you get to the end of your set and you're just like it's gone really well, everyone's been dancing. And you know um, it's gone well, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you look down at your, your laptop and realise you forgot to press record. Oh. <laughs> That's a staple Kevin move, that. Playing much, much faster than the original here. Still chill, but like it's still got a sense of tempo. I, to I really get a nice way to end the set off, you know? Yeah. And then this is the wind out where, um... oh no, I know, this wasn't Lane 8, it's Ben Bomer, but I think it was a Lane, Lane 8 remix featuring uh, featuring Margaret. But I remember saying to Lane that this is the song that you're going to come in on. So I left the, the outro playing so that she would be able to layer her tractor on top of it, you know? Great. That was it, a shorter set this time round, only like 45 minutes, but that was uh, Moon Beach Mark II. So what are we going to do for our next uh, next one? I think uh, I think we should both go through this, or play the sets that we both want each other to play, uh, and do those two next, but then you should do the same set... Uh, well, same set list, but then challenge each other to to remix right, it, okay. it. Remix it in a different way, if you get what I mean. Yeah. So you wanted my quarantine session one. So I think for the next one, we either do your quarantine session or my Tropicana, my club Tropicana, and then um, you take the set list from mine, and I take the set list from yours, and we'll reinvent it in our own individual ways for the n number five and six. Okay. Let's do Tropicana first. Okay. Cool. Brill. Okay. Let's do that then. Nice. Well, anyway, thank you for uh, listening to episode two of the Echo Chamber.